Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. David Hope. It is entitled, Confirmation from the Comforter. David. Thank you, Mr. Cole. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see everybody here and our visitors. Get to meet some new people occasionally. I guess we're ready to go. You know, most people, I think including all of us, occasionally would like to have confirmation. We'd like to have uh, uh, comfort in some of the decisions we make, uh, whether it's about a relationship, whether it's about a decision that we have to make or maybe a decision we have made, sometimes we don't always know. We'd like to have some type of a consolation, confirmation or comfort. Sometimes we just would like to have a sign, you know, say, God, give me a sign. Well, sometimes those happen. <laughs> uh, we want to know for surety a lot of times, you know, what I'm doing is the right thing. Is, is God there? And sometimes uh, in the past for a lot of us, we've even wanted to know, well, is there really a God? <laughs> you know, is there really a God? And um, like I said, am I doing things right? You know, should I change jobs? There's so many things we can come up with. Uh, should we have children? You know, that, that's been a question with a lot of people, uh, you know, in the days that we live in. They say, well, woe to the woman that's in, giving suck and having babies and all that, you know. And some people might even say, well, should we quit having children? <laughs> you know, some of us have been there too. Uh, but anyway, uh, many people of the Bible have been given signs of confirmation, as we know, many, many of them. And, and uh, a lot of us have had confirmation. Sometimes we listen and sometimes we do not listen. But I'm going to relate uh, a few little stories to some I know here locally and other people that I won't mention too much. And I'll use some Bible examples too. And I had a whole bunch of them about me, you know. And I thought, man, this is... And, and my wife has told me for years, don't ever get into this situation, you know. This, this is going to be self-aggrandizement, you know. People are going to think you're wanting them to think something which really is not. All I wanted to do is just say, here is a proof of God, you know, in my life. So some of the things I, I would love to, but I will not go into. But I will be a little bit me, as I normally am. I talk about me because I know me. But, uh, you know, we've, we've had situations here, some of them. Uh, we, a lot of us know, some of them you may not know, but uh, uh, here some time ago, Ron Wilhoy still here, yeah, Ron, you gave a message, uh, Ron gave a message here two or three weeks ago, and, and I wasn't here, some of you were, but I got to see it on the internet, and uh, Ron was talking about, and uh, maybe a little wrong, he uh, correct me, but uh, a lot of times Ron would wake up in the middle of the night, and he would look at the clock, and the time would Sometimes he'd think, well, does that mean a scripture or something? Or he'd try it out, and Ron, I may be totally wrong on this. And, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, sometimes little things like that, sometimes we get affirmation by. We go in there and look at that. Wow, this is really good. Uh, by the way, Ron, the older you get, the more you'll be getting up at night to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Some of us older people will tell you that. And, uh, but, you know, after listening to that, uh, uh, I had my surgery about three weeks ago, and and uh, slept uh, still am sleeping in a recliner. And, uh, you know, you don't sleep too much, and sometimes you think, well, 
I don't really have a lot to do tomorrow, so I, I can get up and stay up and study the Bible. And, and what Ron said, you know, made a lot of sense to me. And, and uh, I didn't really gather any great signs from it, but it was helpful. But, uh, you know, here a few years ago, uh, most of you know Matt and Renee Steele, that they uh, were having difficulty having children and went to great lengths to, to do that. A lot of expense and a lot of risk involved in it. And Renee was relating to Fran and I, and she probably said, mentioned to you all also uh, about the situation. And I may be a little wrong on the details, but uh, I think they were in Oklahoma City having some tests done or maybe fixing to have the implant or whatever it was. And uh, you can imagine how nervous you would be. You know, it's a very risky thing. It's a very serious thing. And uh, Renee, as she is, she carries her Bible with her a great deal of the time. And uh, just out of comfort, you know, or, or maybe out of boredom, I don't know her, but to pass the time away, she just flipped the Bible open. And it came to uh, Isaiah 54. I'm not going to read it to you. You can do that later. But that particular thing was a very time-sensitive scripture for her had a powerful meaning to her she related that to a number of us and 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 it was very exciting you know you can read some scriptures for years and, and never get a whole lot out of it rather than the context that it's in but sometimes a scripture or something will be very time sensitive to you at that particular time and and that things like that happened it's i'm sure it's happened to a lot of you and and uh, sometimes uh, just a sermon itself uh, can be uh, either comfort to us or, or it can be um, um, uh, be a confirmation sometimes. And those things happen. Um, one time, and I, and I didn't get Barney's permission to mention this, but if I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. But he was telling me here oh, a few years back, not too long ago, and a lot of you know that Barney was suffering, what it was, Crohn's disease, Barney? And I won't get into all the details on it, but the way he was telling, telling me about it, a very, very comforting confirmation that Barney got from that. And I'll let him tell you the story in, you know, in lieu of not getting it right. But it was encouraging to me to hear Barney talk about that. So a lot of you don't know Barney, it's Barnabas. <laughs> But he's a good friend of all of us, and a lot of times we can't get out of the habit of calling him Barney because we love him so much. But anyway, so, so a lot of you have had uh, stories and tales, and, and, and I guess is what, uh, what we do in a Baptist church, uh, or Ken, when they call it testimonials or something like that. Everybody has a testimony, and, and we've kind of shied away from that a lot of times because we think, yeah, well, you're trying to show off, you're trying to do this, and anytime somebody says something, was, you know, we just scoff at it. I don't know why. I do it a lot of times myself, but sometimes we really do believe the person. But, um, but the Bible, as, as you know, is very replete, very, uh, a lot of situations where people wanted a sign from God, and a lot of them got the signs, and there's so many. I, I just picked out about three of them for today to, to go into. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of you are familiar with uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Abraham was wanting to get a, a wife for his son Isaac. And he sent his, uh, uh, one of his head servants 
to go and search out a mate for uh, Isaac, uh, a mate for him, and he had certain stipulations and, and scripture I'm using is Genesis 24.1. I'm sorry, I forgot to give uh, uh, my scripture references to the guys back there, so it may be a little slow for them to come up. I, I'm not supposed to apologize. That's one of my weaknesses, apologizing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, give it, yeah, uh, uh, Genesis 24, uh, 24, 1 through verse 28. Genesis 24, 1 says... And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray you, your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you shall not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, or dwell. But you shall go into my country and to my kindred and to take a wife unto my son Isaac. This is familiar. Well, we've had this a lot of time. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring your son again unto the land from whence you came? And Abraham said unto him, Beware you that you bring not my son here again. Verse 7, The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spoke unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto your seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife unto my son from thence. And if, and here's the servant talking, and if... Let me get ahead. And if the woman will not follow me, or no, follow you, I'm sorry, it must have been Abraham, will follow you, then you shall be clear from the oath, only bring not my son here again. So he gave him tremendous responsibility. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, I guess it, and to the city of Nahor, Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham. So he, he was addressing the God. You know, a lot of times we will pray when we really want to. I mean, really need to. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, I may not have the proper phonetic sound, but you're the one I want to hear. You know, the God of my fathers. <laughs> he said, Oh, God of my father Abraham, I pray you, send me good seeds this day, or speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city come out to draw water. And, and here he's giving a stipulation, a sign. And let it come to pass that, it, that the damsel whom I shall say, let down your pitcher, I pray you, that I may drink. And she shall say, drink, and I will give, you, give your camels drink also. 
let the same be she that have that you have appointed. You know, God, let this be the one you've appointed for your servant Isaac. And thereby, thereby shall I know that you have showed kindness unto my master. So he was wanting a sign. Verse 15. And it came to pass before he had done speaking, <laughs> even before it was out of his mouth totally, uh, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born of Bethuel, son of Malchai, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look at, beautiful woman, <laughs> a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray you, drink a little water of your pitcher. And she said, Drink, or she said, Drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have done drinking. What, a, what an answer. And she, and she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her beheld his peace, or held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took the golden earring half of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. And he said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, I pray you. Is there room in your father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethel, the son of Malchai, which is bare unto Nahor. And she said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender, provender enough to room and lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not left, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way... The Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them to her mother's house these things. So a, a very classic example of a person asking for a sign. Sometimes we do that and sometimes we get an answer and sometimes it may not be. But uh, I don't think personally in a lot of cases it, it's wrong for us to ask God for a sign. Another uh, familiar situation is uh, we're familiar with Gideon and that would be in um, Judges or number of places but this one I want to read from is in Judges 6 chapter Judges 6 chapter and I'm going to start and about read from uh, 36 through 40, and, and uh, I'm not going to dwell too much on the history and the thing going on because I don't have a lot of time. But um, Judges 6, 36 says, And he sent messengers, whoop, that's 35, And Gideon said to God, If you will 
save Israel by my hand. And as I said, I'm not giving you all the history. You can look that up. But if you will, uh, said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only. Now, he's being very specific. Only, and it be dry upon the earth beside, then shall I know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you've said. Verse 38. Let me see, I think, yeah. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morning, and thus the fleece together, thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece in a bow of water. And Gideon said to God, Let not your anger be hot against me, <laughs> and I will speak but this once. You know, I, you know, you gave me a sign, but let's just play two out of three or so. Let me prove, I pray you, put this once with, put this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon the ground let there be dew. Very specific. Verse 40, and God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on the ground. One more example, we'll go to... Uh, Hezekiah, and that will be in Second uh, Kings, twentieth chapter. Second Kings, the twentieth chapter, in verse one to about eleven. And here Hezekiah had already been told that he was dying, going to die. In those days, Hezekiah. Oh, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came, Amos, Amos, okay, came unto him and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech you, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you. And sometimes we reason with God, too. You know, God, I'm trying. You know, can't you see that? Uh, before you, in truth and with the perfect heart, and have done that which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Very, very frustrated, I'm sure. And I have in my reference, I don't know where it came from, how true it is, I'd have to check. But uh, it said that Hezekiah was about 39 years old at the time, so he wasn't really an old man. And it came to pass, verse 4, and it came to pass before Isaiah was gone, you know, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, Behold, I will heal you, and on the third day you shall go up into the house of the Lord. And I will add unto your days fifteen years, and I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, and they took and laid upon the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign, the confirmation that I'm looking for, 
that the Lord will heal me and that I shall go into the house of the Lord the third day. And Isaiah said, This sign shall you, ha shall you have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or back 10 degrees? And, and here's his answer. Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. We know automatically it's going to go, even if it goes all right now or then. But he, he said, uh, uh, let the shadow return backward 10 degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord and brought the shadow 10 degrees backward by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. So, very serious situation and Hezekiah was wanting a sign, a confirmation. He wanted to be comforted that uh, this, this really is going to happen. And here I'm going to get into the me stuff a little bit. <laughs> About 53 years ago, um, I was fresh out of high school. My wife and I were engaged, and I went to uh, Colorado to work uh, drilling pipeline, uh, pipeline, drilling water wells. And uh, just prior before that, I was up there, and, and uh, let me ask you something. If, uh, most of you know what deja vu is. Have any of you ever actually experienced that? You can raise your hand if you want to. There's, there's a few. Some people have, some people haven't. And uh, I'm not going to get into all the explanation of it, but, but generally when it happens, it's just a, just, just a real short thing. It just, wow, has this happened before? You know, this, this is, it, 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 there's nothing really more to it. I had it up until this time, I'd had it maybe twice in my whole life, and it didn't last. It, you know, it just, it just, just grabs your consciousness for a little bit. We were drilling, and I was working with my brother-in-law, and we were working for his uncle. And uh, I began to have some days off too. Started off just a little bit mild, then it'd become more often, maybe every day, then it would happen longer periods at a time. And, you know, not ever having anything happen like that before, you know, it's very puzzling. And I wasn't smoking anything, and I wasn't taking any pills. You know, I was very clean-cut, athletic, and the whole works. And uh, I didn't believe in that. I did drink a little beer, but, you know, uh, I didn't drink much then. And, uh, but it, it, it was getting to be kind of uncomfortable because I could expect that every day, and sometimes two or three times. Well, an incident happened, and if that had only happened itself, I'd have probably blown it off. But drilling the, the water wells, it was an old cable tool rig. Some of you old hands may know what an old cable tool rig is. It has this stem that pounds and pounds and has this arm that goes up and down. Steve knows all about the oil field and water fields and all that. And this was an old rig, and it, it would pound 53 times a minute, almost once a second that thing would go up and down. And uh, every so often, we would put a, an extra pipe on. We'd have to weld it on. We'd have to have a bit guide, and I'd have to climb up part of the derrick there and, and put it on. And when we got it down so far, I'd have to take it off. Well, this one particular time, I was, I was up there on that. I just had the bit guide removed, fixing to come down. My brother-in-law inadvertently hit the gear. It's a big arm, sticks up like this. And that thing came into gear. 
53 times a minute. And it scared the living you know what out of me. I had a laundry bill to do that night. And I screamed and I hollered and jumped and grabbed that derrick. And the derrick went, the derrick's up here like this, and you have this arm that goes right up beside the thing like this, up and down and pulling everything under here. And it's just like, and the support pieces in here it's just like a paper cutter, you know, you've, you've seen paper trimmers, you know, how that thing. And I didn't jump quite quick enough, and it caught my left foot, ripped my shoe totally off, ripped the steel toe out of it. I was so, so fortunate that I didn't, you know, get in there where my leg would cut off both of my legs. I was so fortunate. Well, the deja vu quit. And a week or so later, uh, we, we were up in Colorado, up Twin Lakes, Colorado, up around Leadville area, Buena Vista, and uh, went down to New Mexico where Fran was living. And uh, we picked her up to take her up because my brother-in-law's and his wife were expecting their third baby. And the, the ones they had already were very young. So Fran was gonna go up and help Judy with uh, taking care of the babies until the baby was born. And uh, I had to rent a little log cabin out back because there wasn't enough bedrooms in for us. And back then, we didn't, it wasn't legal. I mean, legal. you couldn't live with each other, you know, back in the late, early 60s. Uh, if we could have, I probably would have. Fran might not have, but I would have done it. But anyway, but I had a little log cabin out there. And uh, we would stay up after we'd get the kids to bed. And uh, we'd play games and everything. And this one particular game was a, a marble game. We'd shoot the dice and, and move the marble around and all that. We call it Wahoo. I don't know what the given name is. But the deja vu started again with violent intensity. I don't say violent, but I mean strong intensity. Building up more every day and, and longer periods at a time. And the very last night, uh, we were sitting there doing it. And you've seen movies that you, you, you like and you've seen over and over and over. You can say, okay, now here's, come here, come here, watch. This is when they're going to do such and such. Here's when they're going to do such and such. Life got that way. I could tell what was going to be said next. I could tell when they'd have to go change the baby's diaper. I could tell just like watching a movie. You talk about somebody being scared. I mean, out of the wits. And I put two and two together and thought, the deja vu was so bad this time and I nearly lost my feet. What's it going to be like this time? I thought I really was going to die. And Fran perceived that I was having a problem. So she went ahead before we went to bed and she walked me out to my cabin and, uh, and I told her the situation, you know, and she knew the other. And she suggested we pray about it. Fran was a good Baptist and, and uh, I was an ex-Baptist, I guess, but that's the first time in my life I ever got on my hands and knees, I mean hands, on my knees, humbly before God and prayed. I'd pray like a lot of us, a lot of you did at night, you know, sleep, go to sleep praying, you know, oh, God help us do this, da, 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 you know, give me, give me, give me, give me, you know. But that's the first time I'd ever got on my knees and actually prayed. And I was crying. Fran will attest to that. And I, I was crying. And the very next day, we were drilling, we were drilling a test hole on the side of a mountain for uh, a mining company and, and the rig was facing the south and the sun was in my eye and I never wore a hat 
So I went up to the cab of the truck up there and got a hard hat and put on my head, but on just basically to keep the sun out of my eyes. And I was standing there beside my brother-in-law, and I had my certain duties every once in a while I had to do. And all of a sudden, boy, something absolutely knocked me to my feet, about broke my foot, knocked my helmet way off down in front of the truck. And what had happened uh, on that derrick, you know, at the top of the, the crown shiv up there, a big pulley, and there's a huge shaft that goes through that. And it was inch and a half, two inch diameter, and probably the piece that broke off was about seven or eight inches long. It came down and hit on that helmet, that hard hat. Had I not had the hard hat on, I, it, it had to have killed me, you know, being 30, 40 feet up in the air. And um, anyway, it, but after that, I've never had not even an instant of deja vu. But what that did for me, and I wasn't looking for a sign. I, I, I believed in God. Like I said, you know, we'd pray once in a while, but I didn't, I wasn't looking for anything. And uh, I put two and two together. There is something outside of these human minds that, 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 that communicates. You know, I knew radio waves, and I knew short waves, and I knew microwaves. You can't see them, but there was some kind of wave out here that, and, and it didn't tell me, David, you go do, put on your hat and you do this. You know, it didn't tell me anything. I just put together that there was something. There was some confirmation to me that there is really a God or something out there. And I'll go to my grave believing that. And, of course, there's a lot of other situations I won't get into. Uh, some I'd mentioned. Some of us have mentioned other things. And, uh, and I hope in time that, that a lot of you guys will tell things. And I had some things that uh, this would really embarrass my wife, and I won't even tell that about, uh, about some dreams and some other things. But there you say, oh, no, 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 we can't go there, you know, no, no. So I'll, that, that was only between me and my God, you know, no matter, and it's scripturally back to the particular thing I'm talking about, and don't ask me on the side to say, because I'm not going to, because even my own kids don't believe me. Well, they didn't say they don't, they just, yeah, well, that, you know, anyway, so nobody knows the situation but my wife, you know, and it happened about a year and a half after this, and then about 40 years later, really in depth on, it wasn't a scary thing, well, the first, anyway, I won't get into that, but there, there, there are things that, that God has given to each of us as a confirmation and comfort. Sometimes we're aware of them, sometimes we're not. But I, I, I firmly believe that God will do that. And, and I, if people weren't so uh, embarrassed to say about their own situation, uh, you know, kind of like me, I'm, I'm afraid to say some of these things because I know that you're going to, think the worst of me, and uh, I, I won't say it, but uh, I know that there's things out here in all of your lives that, that God, and I see heads nodding, you know, that, yeah, and, and maybe, maybe, and if you feel free to tell me about it sometime, if you don't tell an article, it, it'll encourage me, you know, to know that God is working. God is alive in this world now, and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, about a week, about eight days from now, I think, of Pentecost, and it represents, you know, one of the things, a comforter, you know, the Holy Spirit coming. And uh, uh, also the, uh, uh, what was the title of that? <laughs> anyway, um, 
I'm going to go one, one more scripture before I close. Uh, in John, the 14th chapter. And my reason for telling any of this stuff, absolutely, I hope you believe me, is, is not for self-aggrandizement whatsoever. I just hope that, you know, people will, will take in their own lives and, and perceive things that have happened and, and will happen in their life that, that confirms to them. And a lot of things, a lot of, there's so many things. That's such a big story, I mean, big uh, thing to talk about uh, that I, I know a lot of you have experienced things. John 14, chapter, verse uh, 15. I'm going to go from 15 to about 27, something that we read a great deal of the time, and, uh, usually every Passover time, if not more. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may be may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and you shall be, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you, yea, a little while, and the world sees me no more, but you see me, because I live and shall and you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and, I, and you in me, and I in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. And he may manifest himself to you in totally different ways than he does me. Judas saith unto him, not Escrocrot, <laughs> Lord, how is it that you, may, you will manifest yourself unto us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, and the word word which you hear is not mine but the Father's which sent me these thing I, things have I spoken unto you being yet present with you in, in verse 26 but the comforter which is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you and as we've said, the day of Pentecost is coming up, and, and uh, I'm sure a lot more of this stuff will be coming out about that that I'm not even doing at all. I'm just skirting it a little bit. Verse 27, Peace I live with, leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives I unto you. Let your heart be not troubled, neither let it be afraid. So in, in the case of a lot of us that have asked God for certain signs, certain confirmations, have done that. And a lot of times even without us asking specifically. And we could go on. I could eat. Well, anyway, I don't want to go into that. But, but, uh, but I'm convinced that God has worked with a lot of you out there. That God's going to continue to work with a lot of you out here. And um, anyway.